Hey guys, welcome to the VWOMS podcast. My name is Rich and I'll be your host. We're coming to you from Power at the Pass here in El Paso, Texas. The point of this show is just to highlight and showcase the many talented individuals that we have living in our city. Today, we have a special guest, a very good friend of mine, and the founder of Frontetta Poetry Slam, an excellent writer and badass poet. She'll be sharing some of her work, and really, it's just a treat to have her on the show for episode four, right after Rachel. And so, hopefully, you guys are at home enjoying this, or wherever you like to listen to this, at home or cleaning up. Uh, wherever and just uh, feel free to share with your friends the point is just to get this out so all sorts of people can hear the content anyway let's go ahead and welcome our guest we have sarah walker in the house how are you doing sarah i'm doing great richie thanks for having me yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you're here and so one of the things that i want to maybe start off with is just talking about frontetta poetry slam which has i feel is starting to hit a stride we've been bringing good crowds out and getting a lot of poets to perform. Can you tell us a little bit about Frontetta Poetry Slam, how it started, and, and your experiences working these last two years? Well, a little background for people who may not know. Um, a poetry slam is competitive spoken word. So you have three minutes um, or less to go up and read a poem. Um, and then you're judged by five random members of the audience. And I, I feel like that context is important. Very much to, so. To show how difficult it's been to get poets out there and how overwhelmed I am about how happy... Uh, it, uh-huh. See how overwhelmed I am? I can't talk. <laughs> um, it's been an overwhelming feeling of, of joy to see so many talented individuals come out and really become my second family. Um, yeah. It started in May of 2015. I actually was sitting down with, with you uh, at Jovan and Bronson's Cafe on Pieter Street. Shout out to Jovan and Bronson's. Shout out to Jovan and Bronson's 420 fries. Um, and it was really great because you and I were sitting down and editing some work that I that I wanted to compile into a chapbook. Some of your own work, yeah. Yeah, and then um, we ended up talking about um, the literary scene in El Paso and things we wanted to see happen. And <clears throat> for... Two years before that, I had been going to Freehold Slam. Mm-hmm. We were reminiscing a bit on, mm-hmm. on that. And uh, Freehold Slam was really amazing for me as a writer. It was really like a, a starting point for me because I would go to almost every single slam, and I adored the format. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, those were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ray and Jen and and um, Crystal, all those people that, that mm-hmm. went out there before – Really watching them, I was like, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. And when I finally got the courage to write a few poems and go and perform for the first time, Free Hall Slam, sorry, yeah, it kind of dissipated. It, yeah. it, it, it fell apart. And, and not for any fault of their own, but, you know, just things, people grow out of things. Yeah, it, it's hard. Uh, it, you know, I think a lot of any event organization, um, sometimes it just takes a little bit of work to maintain and and so if you have to move out of town for work or you can't really expect someone to take up the mantle and no, that's always yeah. the scary thing about running any kind of event or project yeah absolutely and so it's really about having like n- not just a good foundation of friends and, and team right then it's also about 
um, kind of grooming newer poets and younger poets to come and, and, and take that on. Cause I know I won't be doing this for the rest of my life, but right. it's still something I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so you and I were reminiscing and then I said, I wanted to try to Let's start something like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you helped me find the contacts to get enough people to do a slam for the first time the next month. So our first slam was in June of 2015. That's right. June. Is that the one that June one? Yeah, it was. <laughs> June 1 and June. <laughs> yeah, it was It was June C. Strait, and she was absolutely phenomenal. What a great name, too. I, I still can't believe that's her, her name. <laughs> I know, right? C. Strait. You know, it's funny because a lot of poets have, like, these pseudonyms, but, like, mm-hmm. she's too cool. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this This is who I am. <laughs> and ended up winning our, going down in history as our very first slam winner. Yeah, absolutely. A, for an event. I think we have some like some video recording of that. If not, I know we probably have some audio from um, two people that were there that night. I have I've seen a video, I believe, or mm-hmm. or I've seen photos, some really nice photos that were taken that night. Yeah, because I know that um, Baron Cole was there and he was mm-hmm. taking photos, and then so right. was uh, Joe Gallegos. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to be able to have, because <laughs> all we had was a string of lights, a mic, and a sheet. <laughs> We've had all sorts of uh, interesting sets yeah. throughout the years. We we get pretty creative. My my favorite one was uh, the one I got to make a pun because we used that little deer oh, statue. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. It's like, frankly, dear, I don't give a slam. I forgot about that, but that's yeah. still awesome. <laughs> um, my favorite one was we took some easels uh, at the venue we were at, and then we put up a bunch of frames, and it was just like these empty frames on so easels. Easy. <laughs> it was so easy, but it looked so great. Yeah. <laughs> Easily, you know, through the easels. Oh, God. Yeah. And we do a lot of puns at Frontera, too. Bad, bad ones. Bad, bad puns. I feel like part of the shtick now is like whoever's emceeing has prepared jokes just because I think it's almost expected at this point. Well, it also helps because, you know, you're going in between um, calibrating scores from judges and then waiting for the next person to get on the mic. And we can't go to the next person until we find out the scores of the previous uh, slam. There's um, definitely an art to the MC thing. You know, you have to kind of keep it cool and talk. Mm hmm. While all that is going on, but like keeping the crowd in into it, you know. So something you do, Richie, whenever you whenever you do the the DJing for the slime, is you do the music in between. It makes us just sound so clean. I love it. Yeah, and I, I mean, of course, I picked that up from being part of the scene for for so many years now. Uh, I picked that up from Roberto Santos and and Gamble mm-hmm. from Barbed Wire. You know, I, I really just like that setup of of having music while the MC talks. I think it's calming i think it also just sets a certain precedence for you know when the music stops and someone's up there listen you know because i think with the mc it also gives people an, an opportunity to maybe talk a little as an mc i'd rather have people do that than people talk while someone's performing or say yeah and, and that's really really hard what, what we do in the slam community is we kind of yell out respect the mic yeah um the the difference between a poetry slam and um and a i guess a, a formal reading Mm-hmm. is that y- we encourage our audience to be like a little loud. bit more yeah, <laughs> loud and, and intense. And that's fine, but that means we get to be a bit intense back at you. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's part of the fun of it all. Uh, so what have been some of your experiences in, in these last couple of years or, or some memorable experiences from the, the slam in the last two years? Oh my years? gosh, so many. I mean, I've really truly met the best friends of my entire life doing this. I mean, people I never, ever would have met if the slam hadn't started. Um, so like Rachel, who you just had on, um, I loved listening to her, 
uh, talk about her work, and I, I still do. Yeah. AJ, who is a powerhouse. Sylvia, who... Um, She's coming up on the scene. Oh, my Be gosh. on the lookout. She's yeah. going to be the next champion. You know, she just won the New Mexico Slam for the second time in a row this past Friday. And that's great. That's just phenomenal to me. Um, I met... Uh, Cecilia Tate from Chicago, and through that I've met so many other like great slam poets throughout the throughout the nation. Yeah. So that's that's really been wonderful, you know, having people come in and feature from all over all over the United States, and even one from Canada recently. Yeah, that was that was really amazing. I mean, uh, there's so much that's happened at the slam that just you know you you learn more and more and more uh, about the scene, and you learn more yeah. about like what you have in you to 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 run something like this. Yeah, and part of, part of it is getting to me the pleasure of getting to see a community start to form. Oh, absolutely. And 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 uh, and more so nurturing that community, which mm-hmm. which isn't exactly the easiest thing in the world. Sometimes there's ups and downs. And as you said, you you can't even prepare. You never know like each event is different from from the next, you know, and it's always something. Yeah. And as a as an organizer, you know, sometimes you have to like deal with stuff behind the scenes. One of the the coolest things that ever happened, I just remembered this right now cuz okay. like you said okay. never know what's going to happen was um I I don't remember which slam it was. I think it was in October. Uh, it was the 1st October we did it. So October uh-huh. 2015. And that's when Patrick and and Carrie came down. Patrick right. Oshland mm-hmm. and Carrie Jean Miller. Temple of Echoes. Temple of Echoes. It was awesome. And if you can go on SoundCloud right now and listen out. to them, they're amazing. Um, yeah. Um but Corey Maccabee happened to be in town doing his uh small small star small seminar. Star seminar. Yeah. yeah. I had performed with him the night before or the previous night at Lowbrow Palace. Yeah, and then I ended up meeting him at a uh, Boomtown. Mm-hmm. Um a, a bar really close to where our venue was. Mm-hmm. And I I went up to him and I was like, "Would you be interested in coming down to the slam?" He's like, "Oh, maybe." And then he ended up doing it and doing parts of his performance. Oh, that's right. You know why? Because uh, I invited him to karaoke. Oh, that's right. Yeah, karaoke night. (laughs) And uh, he ended up singing his own song. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, he is such a character, but so cool. And Corey, yeah, look him up online. He's a Mm -hmm. uh, director, writer, actor. Mm -hmm. He's just a, a musician. Um, a lot of, you know, he's gotten praise for some of his films, uh, which I can't remember. I can't you know. either on anyway, the top of my head. But Sorry. He, he's working on a new kind of crowdsource kind of thing uh, called Small Star Seminar, and he's traveling all around the U.S. And that was cool. He walked into a slam to perform. Yeah, it was it was it was really a treat um, because not only did we have our features all the way from Oakland, we had uh, we had Corey Maccabee as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, those are some of the things that stand out because... Again, opportunities you never would have had before. That's great. And uh, I do really feel that as, you know, in June, we'll be going on our third our third year then. Yeah. Um, we're heading uh, into it. Yeah, yeah. We, we are. We're, we're really close to doing our third year. And wow. so what, before we transition, what do you, where do you see Front Desk Slam going? Like, what are some of your hopes and goals? Uh, something the team and I have talked about are workshops, and that's something we're we're very passionate about. Yeah, um, we've been invited to a few high schools um, and are trying to foster that relationship with a younger crowd. Yeah, um, and and that's very important to me personally. Um, I try to make the slam all ages, uh, 
but it, it is hard because sometimes there is adult content that happens. So we, we yeah. try to give the best warning we can that we do talk about difficult subjects. Yeah. But I don't really believe in censorship to, to a younger audience, especially not high school kids, mm-hmm. because they know and they know better sure, than and we assume. It's like we're looking down on them or it's a little... It's a little condescending. It is a little condescending. Yeah. Like, sorry... But I, that's that's my goal. I would love to do literary workshops throughout the city. My big thing is networking. And anyone who's met me knows that I, I know people because I love to see how people work. Yeah. And I love to see the different art forms in El Paso. So I, I'm all about connecting people. And I would love to do something larger with, with, with the literary scene in El Paso. Yeah. Like, more of a, more of an interorganizational yeah. aspect to it, and I would say you are a networking artist. You know, <laughs> being able to see certain people's strengths and seeing how it fit with maybe something someone else would you know need, and and vice versa, like how how people can help each other out that way. And, and that's important for me because we're talking about building community. The only yeah. way you can build community is to see where people's strengths lie. Yeah, because if you know that someone is a great organizer, then you want to bring them into management. If you know that someone does podcasts or is a great MC like you, Richie, hmm. like you know that you oh, want shucks. them there. Oh shucks, uh, you know you want them there in order to help facilitate that discussion. Yeah. And if you know that someone's a great writer, then you definitely want them there to share that work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really important to me um, is being able to work with all kinds of artists. And that's why our feature um, when they're not from out of town are usually musicians um, because musicians deserve that platform too, uh-huh. but it's not really a band showcase. It's a way of like highlighting Definitely, um, and, and I, I feel it kind of works because, uh, you know, a poetry slam, unlike, say, an open mic, is just poetry, which can be intense for some people. You know, I think uh, I think of Walter Benjamin, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about uh, art in the age of mechanical reproduction, and he talks about kind of like the aura of things. And so when you go to like to a museum, sometimes people get drained going to museums because they put in energy into like looking at the pieces and trying to and cover them, and I feel like that same kind of thing happens at a slam because you're dealing with very heavily emotional pieces at times, and it's a part of someone's soul. So it can be a bit much for people to sit there throughout the night. And so music, in addition to showcasing some of our awesome talent here in the city, mm-hmm. offers a, a bit of a break from that. You know? No, absolutely. I mean, not to say that music can't be harsh and hard too i mean no not at all but, but it, it's a different perspective right from just right and and you know i um i remember the first few slams we we did have a poet like uh-huh. as the feature but yeah. we realized it was it's and, a bit much yeah and i mean i love poetry like as much as the next uh like literary nerd you know or sure, english sure. major but it was important to have those breaks and it is yeah. important to have like breaks in between rounds so people can digest what they've you heard. Cleanse your palate. Yeah. Bit, yeah. You know. It's, it's, we don't want to assault you from all sides with sure. like just words. You want to be able to, to take that home and yeah. reflect on it. It is. It's a bit of a, a an emotional undertaking. No, know, absolutely. Especially with the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Cool. I, I really do look forward to building, you know, a larger scene and community with Frontetta Slam and, you know, ideally tumble words, you know, B-WOMs, oh, uh, you know, I know there's still more more people out and out there, and I know there's Barrio Panther, there's you know Border Senses. We we can make it happen. And I think all those all those um, organizations are doing a fantastic job at what they do, and I just see that we can really be strong together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, uh, 
we've we had already met we've already been friends prior to having that meeting and you know we were looking at your intended chat book and and i think is that a funny way to phrase it (laughs) no like the chat book that never was (laughs) well that's that's no i'm just but so i want to take this as an opportunity to also mention your your personal work the very first time that i i heard you perform i was blown away because i mean i i knew you were writing but you had never shared it before and so to me it was just uh, a defining moment where I think I I even told you, damn, Sarah, you're a poet. <laughs> no, I remember that because I actually remember that very well because I didn't know you as well as I know you now. Uh-huh. And I was really nervous to go up there. And I remember reading the poem to one other person and they said, you better go read that. And that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and I went up and I was shaking. I was shaking so hard that the paper was shaking in my hand. And uh-huh. People took that as, like, mistook that as energy, and I'm really happy they did. <laughs> wow. Um, and I remember uh, walking down the stage, and he said, oh, wow, Sarah, you're a writer. And that really meant a lot to me, because I had, yeah. again, been going to Free Wholesome. I had been going to the Barbed Wire Open Mic series, but hadn't been part of that scene at all. Mm-hmm. And so it really meant a lot to me that someone that I knew was in that scene really felt like they enjoyed the work I produced. Yeah. I Oh, and uh, you just, with that poem, the, the last line is just like putting your foot down, like, here I am. <laughs> it, it's a very powerful thing. And I think it is a theme that you've kept and maintained in a lot of your poetry since then that you've written. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was driving home and I was listening to a, a song by um, Blitz and Trapper. And okay. it's called, uh, I think it's called The Black, Black Creek Killer. <laughs> it's it's like Go this on. kind of 70s like folksy vibe um uh, bluesy vibe and it's a really great song and there's a line in it that says um make no mistake i know just what it takes to pull a soul back from heaven's gates um and i was like you know only in like poetry or music can you say like those hollywood lines that you want to say that you can't say in real life that's true and i always thought that was really 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 cool um, like being able to, to, to say these like almost outlandish things if you're going to talk, you know, one-on-one with a person. Yeah. And so I like the idea that poetry kind of translates these emotions that you might not have been able to, um, to identify before or name before. Yeah. So I, that's, that's my goal when I write. And, and that's why a lot of my influences are a bit more of surreal, like, I like a lot of surreal stuff. I like a lot of stuff that's a sure. little bit more powerful. And I love it when a poem comes full circle. Okay. Can you uh, think of any examples? Or do you want to maybe share an example in, in a, any of your work? Or, or um, a poem that you brought to share today? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, here, I'll share uh, Fractures. That's okay. something I wrote. This is um, more recent? Actually, no. It's it's a little older. Um, and I wrote it um, as a self-reflective thing. Um, I wrote it when... I made the realization that not everyone needs to be fixed. Sometimes oh, okay. people you know are what? just good the way they I are. I do remember now. I do mm-hmm. remember that line that you say, you are not a broken thing. Okay, yeah, well. yeah. No. But, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not, you're not a broken I, I thing. I try really hard to, to kind of, in a way, commit to memory, like my friends. And like part of the, the joy of getting to run open mics and be part of the Poetry Slam is sometimes the content just sticks with me. And I could like I could like mouth along with like and it, it's like sing along with your favorite song and I think that's 
that's a joy. Anyway. I, you know, I definitely think we're all kind of each other's biggest fans. <laughs> and that's what's awesome. I do see people mouthing poetry. And that's yeah. so cool to me. It, it makes me so happy inside. Like, like it makes my heart smile. I just like, <laughs> that was bad. Okay, so uh, you have a, a poem to share. Fractures. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Before, I wanted to describe you in the way you would a broken thing. Shards of glass. Fallen tree branches, fractured bones, and fragile words like kindness. I thought of you as a mirror that had been thrown to the ground over and over again to fracture in multiples of seven, fourteen, twenty-one, until you became a fine silver powder put into an hourglass to count the seconds of a lifetime of bad luck. Then, a girl told me how three generations of her family fashioned stained glass, deliberate, slowly, each square foot precious, expensive, and planned. You are not a broken thing. You dress the light. You make it dance on hands holding hymnals. Your heart is not a target. It beats with a war drum, love. A love so deep and loud, all will hear it, and they will fear you, as they should. Because you have been a fighter since birth. You came out of the womb with fists clenched so hard they must be made out of diamond. Poets have written about the sun and moon about the hanging gardens of Babylon, about the smell of old books, war, red wheelbarrows, and you, because you are the only one that can dress the light and make it worthy of worship. Wow, there it is, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, save the podcast, and you can always replay that time and time again. <laughs> And uh, we'll have to record that on its own so we can share. I would love to do that. I mean, I, I, I remember, like, talking with you and, and also my, my friend Ralph Martinez about recording poetry. Yeah, yeah. And I was always really nervous about that because I'm, I'm, I'm a very shy performer. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I'm not doing my own work, it's fine. But when I am doing my own work, it, 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 it's an anxiety-ridden thing. But it's something I've learned to become much more comfortable about. Yeah, and uh, that's another point of our friendship. We, you know, I've recorded Superpowers, mm-hmm. last but not least, mm-hmm. you know, two of my other favorites. Um, so the, the poem, you know, there's, there's a lot, I, I really love your imagery, uh, of glass, you know, this, this kind of broken mirror, which has its connotations. And then you, you kind of, something a lot of poetry does is creates this transformative imagery, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, uh, dang, the red will, is that a William Carlos Williams reference? It is. The red, red will barrels. It is. I, I love, I love that I mean, poem. it kind of has to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the it's the other wheelbarrow poem. Um, yeah, the other one, the um, lesser known one. You would you haven't heard of it? Alex, it's the it's the off red wheelbarrow. <laughs> so, so you want to tell me like uh, you want to share a little bit of, about the the thought process of this? Yeah, this? you know, I I, I I like I said earlier, I really feel that poetry is a way of translating feelings you can't really identify or maybe even name. Um, mm-hmm. And this was a moment in my life where I realized I was very wrong. Um, okay. And it's hard. It's hard to to break out of your own shell mm-hmm. and realize that a habit you've been doing is extremely wrong. And so at that time in my life, I th- I had thought that if someone shares a problem with you, you had to fix it. Yeah. And so in my head, like, oh, no, 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 this can be fixed, this can be fixed. When really, sometimes people just need to talk yeah, and to express yeah. something. Um, so that was really, really important to me. 
Um, and that like, and also I love the idea of like growing pains, this idea that like it hurts and you fracture and you have to reset things and uh-huh. it still creates something even more beautiful than you can yes, realize. Of, of broken thing, beauty and broken things. And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, I mean, it's something we all experience in, in different forms, right? Yeah. Cool. I, uh, I, I was actually watching, um, a documentary the other day and one of the the subjects they were interviewing was talking about a church she loved to go to as a child because of the 11 stained glass windows that were commissioned by the pastor. Okay. Um, and her favorite part, and I never realized this, was that, you know, you, ha- you have to go inside and you have to, like, really see, see inside to see how beautiful this is because on the outside, it, stained glass is black. Like, oh. you, it's just a dark window. So you can't really tell things from the outside when you go inside. It's this okay, really see. gorgeous thing. And that's some imagery I've always wanted to bring to this poem. And it's still a work in progress. I consider all my work a work yeah, in progress. Yeah, it's hard to to say anything is done, right? Because mm-hmm. even you hear it as as we change, as we grow, our, as our perspectives change, sometimes you just like want to bring a different light to what you had initially initially had written. You know, I um I'm a huge fan of the Mountain Goats, and right uh, John Darnielle, um, who's the lead singer, was talking about how he doesn't do certain songs anymore. Okay. Um, and that's something I've taken into into my work too. There's certain poems I don't read anymore, or I don't talk about sure. anymore. They were important at that point in my life, but it's maybe something in my life has happened where I don't feel like that's honest to me or honest to my worldview. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's really weird because I do see like poets reading poems that they wrote twenty years ago. I'm like, wow, I wish I could be that confident about well, about like yeah. my my worldview. But I mean, you could also argue maybe that they're making uh, things are cyclical. Maybe they're making their way back to it. And oh, it's, absolutely. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that. I, uh, I I feel the same way. I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes, uh, and you never s- step into the same river twice, right? As that mm-hmm. as the saying goes. So I just feel like it's just part of the nature of, of art, of of just being. And so as artists or someone who creates, you know, you, you kind of have to keep it up. You know, I, I'm I, same thing. Like I'm I wear I tend to wear out poems <laughs> or songs. But uh, yeah, I know uh, another poem you wanted to share. We have recorded. I mentioned it. You know, oh, it was love, uh, yeah, Superpowers. Superpower. Do you want to? Talk a little bit about that one. Uh, sure. Um, well, or, or share it or read it first. Uh, yeah, here I'll read it first, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about it. Cool. <clears throat> I want to talk about that Buffy intro that we had. Done, <laughs> I done I still it. am married to that. I still want to make it happen. I love it. <laughs> <clears throat> I am the reluctant superhero, given this cape and the gift of invisibility by the powers that be. Saving you is in my nature, but I'm usually mistaken as a gust of wind or a lucky break. On bad days, I sit down, look out the window, and cry because secretly, I wish I could fly. To see the fingers point up and say, look, it's a bird, a plane, some angel, or shooting star. But I didn't get the halo or the lasso. I wasn't born on Krypton, and I'm afraid of spiders, let alone radioactive ones. Instead, I throw blankets over the mirrors, turn them to face the wall. I miss my shadow. Most days, I think if I hold my breath, I may stop existing altogether. I am also the worst witch. I cast evil spells, but only on myself, each night chanting, I am not enough. I am not enough. I am not enough. 
But this has taught me that there is power in me. Which power? Superpower. Power lines for vocal cords. Make no mistake, right now, I am performing alchemy. Turning breath to gold to poetry, from pain to art to understanding. These are no parlor tricks. This is my birthright. I am the reluctant superhero, and I will hold you so tightly so you know I am there. Even when you deny me. Even when you punch at the air thinking I am just a ghost passing through. I am not a space to be filled. I have mass, so much so that my thighs and belly are marking the stretch. I have volume, so much so that my heart can keep inventory of the blood with each beat. I am more than enough. The thing is, superpower is just another word for magic. These arms, this chest, this belly are magic. These hands are magic. This name is more than an embroidered logo on a cape. This name is legacy. This name is more than hero. It is champion. This name is the thousands of years of love and loving it took for me to be here. I am more than enough. I am abundance. And I exist regardless of your belief. All right. That's superpowers. Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. Thank you. I think that's, I mean, it's hard to say this because I, I think you do have a lot of poems like this, but this is to me one of my your more memorable, iconic poems. And maybe it's also because this is one of the ones where I mouth out lines, you know. But also, <laughs> from my experience, right, as an MC or, or organizer or running sound, I'm pretty much at almost anything. You know, if I'm not MCing the barbed wire or I've kind of been lucky not to have to MC from Dead Slam because we do have an, a crew who's doing that now. Yeah. But even then, I'm running sound. So I'm, I'm mostly at shows. <laughs> Uh, even if I'm not MCing, I'm, I'm somewhere involved with sound or production. But <clears throat> my point is, not to talk about me, but like, you know, there are certain, in this one part, in particular, you know, I, I feel like there are certain lines that I think resonate that connects with other people. You know, one that I just feel is so heavy and just people relate to, right? I am also the worst witch. I cast evil spells, but only on myself each night, chanting, I am not enough. I feel like many of us have been through this kind of uh, self um, victimization, well, not victimization, but just like spell on ourselves, no, right? No, yeah, uh, absolutely. We're doubting, doubting ourselves, right? It's like an incantation, you know, yeah. you, and, and, I, and my, my cousin Ronnie, believes in like affirmations daily she 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 speaks her her what she wants in life into being it's kind of like that the secret thing um where if you visualize and you and you speak it into existence existence it happens uh people always talk about it in the positive but it truly does i believe this work in the negative we can i think it does really affect uh our, our and it starts with our thoughts right Oh, you know, absolutely. You know, thoughts and it, it kind of transcends and sometimes just leaks into our actions. So, but of course, again, just like your other poems, it's it, there's a transformation and the poem, the part that I always end up mouthing out loud, just because it's it's just so powerful and I, I think people start to like pick up a little, you know, like their heads. They start to listen in. Is make no mistake that right now I am performing alchemy. I love <laughs> that that phrase, and I, I do see people pick up. You know, it's funny. I've noticed this when I perform it, and I, and I do. I, I notice it. People start 
you start losing your audience when you start reading this poem because it, it sounds really like self-deprecation. You sound like it's not going to go anywhere. And then the, the point is it turns exactly when I'm about to lose them. And I've noticed that every single time. I'm like, no, no, no. Hang in with there with me, guys. And you it, could it say well. you, you wrote it like that. That's uh, the, as a crafter of the words, you know, like, <laughs> all right. You know, <laughs> you could say that. Uh, so I love this one a lot, but... Also, back backstory, when we recorded this, I, I was trying to do a little series of recording poets. And, uh, you know, I liked trying to mess around a little bit with sound design and include, you know, different types of audio elements to the poems. Uh, for this one, I remember you wanted to include a clip from Buffy. Do you want to speak on that? I, I love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I've told a few friends this story, but um, <laughs> I was at a point in my life where I, I wasn't doing well. Um I, I was I was in a very very severe depression, and my friends Alex and Sarah, love them. She I love them Sarah. too. I'm an amazing couple and just amazing women. And um, they <laughs> they were like, "You should watch Buffy right now." I'm like, "I can't even get out of bed, guys." What do you mean I should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. I had never seen it. I didn't really know anything about it. I did know it was Joss Whedon, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I binge watched that show in about two months, all seven seasons. And it really just was an amazing story for me. And I know that sounds silly, but I've met so many people that were, that's actually been the truth for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to someone the other day how Scrubs like helped his life. And I'm not saying that like TV shows are going to get you out of like your mental illness. That's not going to happen. But it, we find stories that we relate to. And we find stories where things are really, really, um, where we can insert ourselves. With Buffy, there's a there's a scene in, in season two, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might be watching it for the first time. All right. But there, the big bad basically says, you have no friends. Or, or how about this? Huh. Pause the podcast and go binge watch. Okay, yeah. Go, go binge watch well, right now. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, or, <laughs> you, could just, or you could just pause us. <laughs> or we could just sit here. And... We'll just sit here. Okay. okay. No, okay. But <laughs> just kidding. So it's season two? So the big bad... Um, tells Buffy, uh, you have no friends, no family, no weapons, you know, take all that away and what's left. And she says me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really beautiful because this was a time in my life where I had lost everything. This, this to me was my rock bottom. Um, yeah. and I don't want to delve too much into that, but at that point in my life, that is how I felt. And when I saw that, it was really like a, a, an amazingly beautiful moment for me that she was able to say that. Yeah. Um, and so when I write superpowers, it's that same kind of feeling, like where you're, you're, you're at rock bottom and you feel like you're, you're almost hopeless. Yeah. But there's still going to be something inside you that can bring you up. That's great. Even if you don't see it. That's, that's beautiful. And I hope if anyone out there listening is maybe going through that, you know, find yourself an outlet, right? Maybe find that TV show that... You can find, but maybe even just in friends, whatever. Everyone's different, mm-hmm. right? And, and has you know maybe try writing, try coming try to poetry. a poetry slam. Come out to poetry slam and 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 make uh, you know. I think part of the community is we help each other heal a little bit. I, I think. think that's really important. Um, yeah. I still get together with friends and we write together. We don't yeah. talk. We just sit down and write, and that's the best way to like kind of expel those demons. 
Um, and you have to do it without judgment. That's why I like Tumbleword so much. Yes. Um, I, that's why I like going there on Saturdays. Um, I don't get to go too often because of my work, but when I do go, it's really a beautiful outlet. Um, mm-hmm. Because the only rule is you have to write something and you have to read it. And you it. have to share it. Yeah. You, which is uh, so tough for some people, but I think that's that's great. that you It's a, a challenge. Shout out, by the way, to Donna Snyder and Tumbleword's writing project crew. You Absolutely. Know, uh, yeah. um, I'm I'm actually going to be uh, presenting a workshop in April at Tumblewords. Oh, cool. Me too. Uh, yeah. Right <laughs> on. Awesome. Promote together. <laughs> <laughs> Come out in April. It'll be awesome. And go out every other Saturday. Which, too. by the way, yeah. So tum- if you're not familiar, Tumblewords is a writing workshop that has been going on for over 20 years now. Uh, every Saturday. So currently, meetings are every Saturday at 1245 at Memorial Park Public Library till about 245. And it's free. Usually there's a donation for whoever's leading the workshop. That's another of my favorite parts, you mm-hmm. know, because it's always somebody else. It's somebody different. And uh, you hear so many different perspectives there. And it's it's a good challenge because you just have to write. No, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's what I love. Every time I leave Tumblewords, I, I leave with two or three new pieces. And it kind of forces me to yeah. get up and write something. <laughs> So I think right. I think that's really really amazing, um, and I, what I really like about doing tumblewords is in the in the past two times that I've I've uh, facilitated the workshop, mm-hmm. I've been able to work on stuff outside of slam poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so like different projects I work on, like I'm a huge fan of erasure poetry. Yes, um, and you've you've done that one at Papagayo too, right? Yes, I did. Actually, I ended up doing Papagayo and uh, tumblewords in the same week, so I used the same workshop. Nice. Um, sorry. Way to, cons- way to consolidate. <laughs> no, I, I applaud that. You know, when you're so busy, it's great to be able to consolidate your time and, and make the best of it. I, I actually did the same thing for this workshop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a workshop in Papagayo, so it's going to be similar, you know. That's awesome. Same, essentially. Well, that's good because they're two completely different audiences. Yes. Um, I, I am a huge fan of Razor Poetry. I'm a huge fan of anything that you can find and create something out of. Um. So, like, uh, right now I'm working on a project where um, I'm going down to the old antique shops on Donovan. Okay. And they have these shoe boxes full of old photos. Um, and some of them are postcards, and they have, like, letters to mm-hmm. people. And I, and I really want to write responses to them from, okay. these, uh, from these letters from the, like, the 40s and 50s. Who's the author, uh, Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children? I don't. Do I remember? don't remember who the author because, is because I think she does something similar with like awesome. found photos. Yeah, I know. I know. I I know that um, the first time I was introduced to the idea of found photos and and well, it wasn't really found photos. It was family photos. Okay, but it was still the same concept. It was a uh, Norma Cantu. Cantu. I was in that workshop too. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was, I, I I love Norma Cantu. And if you if you ever yeah. want to get a really small book that has uh, some really amazing imagery and like a combination of fact and fiction and that kind of bleeds into each other. Yeah. Uh, Canicula. Um, I think the subtitle is Canicula, Canicula. Uh, Memories of a Girlhood Among Ghosts. I believe that's what it is. I, I believe so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of Norma Cantu and how she does that. Yeah. Um, I was, that's so funny. I was actually going to say Norma Cantu and I was like, she's going to say it. She's going to say Norma Cantu. Oh, she said it. It has a it has a place of privilege on my, on my bookshelf that's <laughs> for very, sure. That's very great. So I like I like that, um, you know, and and I think there's a lot. I think just culturally, you know, I I do think uh, we would use the word remix, mm-hmm. remix. You know, everything is kind of just playing off of each other and 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 found footage. And so I like those projects. I'm looking forward to 
to see and hear what you do with those. Um, so in addition to Frontetta Poetry Slam and, and kind of continuing to build, what can we look forward to seeing and hearing from Sarah Walker, the poet, the writer, <laughs> in the next couple of years? Um, I'm definitely going to finish that chapbook I meant to start two years ago. It's okay. kind of like all the energy I was going to put into that chapbook turned into the slam, which is fine. I'm not like blaming the slam for not doing that work. The slam no, is it, a huge piece of mine, really. It and, does and take a lot of your time. Um, but... I definitely want to finish my chat book. Um, okay. I want to I want to travel more and be able to read other open mics outside of El Paso. Yeah. Not that I mean El Paso is an amazing scene, and I want to be able to go network and bring people back here. Um, and then also, um, I, I've had this idea, and I think I really am going to do it. Um, and I'm hoping I can actually get it started in the next month. I'm going to start a website. Um, where I'm going to ask people to uh, submit me pictures of uh, bathroom graffiti. Okay. Um, and I'm I I I've, I've kind of half thought out that idea. Well, in in uh, academia, we call that theoretical latrinalia. Oh wow! For real, yeah. I've never. I've it's never... a whole th- yeah. It's a thing. I'll, I'll tell you about it right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, I've never heard that, that. Yeah, and it's it's uh well, you the most famous I think picture is about art drawn on. On bathroom walls is the purest form of mm-hmm. art. Discuss, you know. Well, I was thinking about this uh, because I had this discussion with uh, my, my friend Rachel Marie, the the girl you just had on episode three. Yeah, Rachel episode Marie. Three. Um, I had that discussion with her at Low <laughs> at Lowbrow. We went to go see a show a few Great. weeks ago, and we were talking about how women's bathroom stalls in, in are usually very very positive. And yeah. usually it's like the most encouraging, reaffirming, like reaffirming, yeah. beautiful sense of community is in this really weird private space. Yeah. Um, and we were talking with a, a male friend of ours about how that doesn't really happen in men's bathroom stalls, <laughs> at least in his opinion. I don't know if you've ever seen it's, things super encouraging. It's a mixed bag. You know, I, I think it, uh, part of the establishment really... You know, one of my favorite, uh, I think I was in London and in, in one of the, you know, it was part of the Jack the Ripper tour. Mm-hmm. It was like where a lot of the, the girls he murdered hang, hung out. But like there was a bunch of graffiti and I guess the technical term is latrinalia, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of marginalia, but with like latrine. So, uh, <laughs> that's was, the first time I've heard that word and that's so cool to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should you should check it up. There actually are some, some websites dedicated to that and it, awesome. it, it's so interesting, uh, but I would love to see where you explore that. Yeah, I, it's just it's just something I've wanted to explore myself, just in terms of the El Paso scene, and kind of see what what people can bring from just our area. Because <laughs> I mean, it's 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 such a unique area. We're 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 binational. We're um, we're an intersection of Arizona. We have and Mexico, multiple Texas, languages um, as well. You Absolutely, know, you see, and a lot of art. So I don't know. I, I it's something I'm really interested in right now, and kind of want to see where I can take that. Okay. Nice. And uh, have you thought of a name at all for your chapbook? Or, um, no. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, it is the great untitled chapbook. Or unless it's <laughs> just like a secret, you know, and you don't want anybody to to know just yet. <laughs> I uh, I had played around with the idea of Iconoclast, which was the first poem I ever performed yes. in in public. When the sun was just um, a star. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I I played around with the idea of Iconoclast because uh, I I love the word. I love mm-hmm. what it means. Mm-hmm. But we'll uh, we'll see. Um, I I I feel bad that I don't really have like set answers for you about that. But it is something I'm working very heavily on and trying to take more and more me time to do. Sure. So stay tuned. Uh, check out Frontetta Poetry Slam online, 
Where can people find Frontetta Poetry Slam? Um, Frontetta Poetry Slam happens the second to last Thursday of every month mm-hmm. at 501 Bistro, and that's at 501 Texas Street. It's all ages. Um, just keep in mind that there is some adult content into yes. some of the poems and, and stronger themes. Um, we don't charge a cover, but we do ask for a donation at the door. This helps our poets travel. It helps us go to, like next week, we're sending Celia Aguilar to Women of the World Poetry Slam. Perfect. We're so excited about that. That's a na- that's an international competition. Yes, well deserved, and I, I think she'll represent the city well. I think so as well. Yeah. And then also, I mean, Texas Grand Slam in, in October. We're looking which forward is... to connecting more with them. That, yeah. That's part of the fun, right? Connecting with, with poets in our, in our area and, and region. Absolutely. And so, yeah, if you want to come out absolutely come find us find us on facebook we have all sorts of social media we have a twitter we have instagram account but facebook is the probably the fastest way to definitely get to and also if anything changes you know because it's things change so mm-hmm. follow i think you can subscribe you know for events and honestly, I kind of use my personal Facebook as a networking tool. So if you want to add me, if you want to know more about it, I'm totally open to that. My name's Sarah Walker. Um, I'm blonde. <laughs> you'll, you'll see me on there. And I'll say I'm the slam master. Exactly. Of slam. You know, you'll, you'll see the connection to front of Poetry Slam. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, it's been great. Honestly, I, I feel like we, we can talk all night if we wanted to. Uh, maybe we can even do a part two at some point. But for now, would you love, uh, would you like to share? One of your favorite quotes with our listeners. Uh, yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite musicians. Um, she's someone I like to listen to when I write because okay. I love the way she words things. Her name's Anais Mitchell. Um, she's a folk singer. You've shared uh, from Hades Town, right? Was what's the name of the? Oh yeah, she has a, a really great concept album called Hades Town, wow, which is the great. retelling of the story of Orpheus. So she, in- you introduced me to, to Anais Mitchell. Yeah, uh, yeah, no I, 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 yeah. Because I remember yeah. that I thought you would like Hades Town because I thought you would like like the the musicality of it. Yes, I appreciate that. I totally inter- mm-hmm. interrupted you. No, it's okay. So check um, it. Drop some knowledge. <laughs> it, so this is from her album, The Brightness, and it's a song called Your Fonder Heart. And uh, there's a quote that says, um, if I cannot take you for a liar or a lover, I'll take you as my brother in arms. And that is just a beautiful quote to me. Um, the the idea. Nice sentiment. Yeah. Um, the idea of the, the types of people in this world. And while we're all complex and, and, and bring something new to the table, I think those are three really good ways of seeing the world what a what a beautiful way to end today's episode and uh also i love the the parallel like well it's there's not really a big parallel but you know when we had rachel she she shared uh from anais nin oh yeah <laughs> i'm a huge fan anais of mitchell you know like whoa what i'm a huge fan of anais nin yes, also so yeah. i i was i was joking around that if i if i ever have a daughter that's gonna be her name <laughs> it's a really nice name mm-hmm. uh and we'd love to see you out. Introduce yourself. Don't be shy. Uh, we're pretty reasonable people, I think. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty uh, <laughs> palatable. No, That's yeah. Good. I mean, I love meeting new people in the scene. So if there, you have any questions, I'm, I'm an open book. Please, please give me, a, give me a, a, a message on Facebook. Great. Cool. So this is the B-Wombs Podcast. B-Wombs is the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series. Sarah, it was nice having you on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. This is it for the show today. See you next time. Peace.